0: It is a victory Tuesday, Dave Archer. No DJ Shockley here, but uh, that's okay. Uh, Falcons pull off the 23-20 win over the Giants last night on Monday Night Football. Feels good. I'm a little sleepy, but it feels good. <laughs> yeah, it was a late night
1: last night for everybody here uh, in Flowery Branch, but uh, obviously a good win. Anytime you get a win in this league, it's huge uh, to find a way to scratch out a win. There were some moments in it that didn't look good, and I think that's kind of the way the season's gonna go. But but uh, fun to, to carve out a win, especially on prime, in prime time. Some guys stepped up, yeah. a lot of guys stepped up. We'll talk a little bit about that.
0: You want to talk about the coaching staff, how they're the glue. I'm going to talk about the other, you could call him the glue too, player side is Matt Ryan. But uh, it's not bad. It's not yeah, bad. <laughs> uh, having a heck of a year. But you first, you are listening to Falcons Audible, presented by AT&T. I'm Matt Tabeek, Dave Archer, no DJ Shockley. He'll be back next week. He's not uh, injured. I know we've had
1: a lot of injuries, but Shock's not injured. He just can't
0: be with us today. It's just because it's a rare Tuesday for the podcast here. But, uh, Dave, let's let's just start off with the coaching staff. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about that. This team has been decimated with injuries. Uh, Fans don't want to hear about the injuries, but it's a fact of life. It's it's true. They got Grady Jarrett back last Mm -hmm. night and Derek Shelby back, and, boy, it was a shot in the arm. But... uh, to the coaches' credit, they have kept this team focused. They've pulled. They've had some close losses, some close wins, but uh, they've done a heck of a job.
1: Yeah, I think that when you start talking about how much, uh, from a personnel standpoint, how many different guys have played. Let's look at last night just for instance. Last night you played 20 players on the defensive side of the football. 8 D linemen, 5 linebackers. All your linebackers played, mm-hmm. and you played 7 defensive backs. And there were a number of times Marquand Manuel was shuttling 5 and 6 players in the and five and six players out. Now you see that some when sub packages come in for offenses. Okay, meaning sub packages, I mean a third receiver comes in or a fourth receiver comes in and their, their tight ends are coming out. So we counter that. Here comes a couple of DBs. But you don't see like five defensive linemen coming in, two linebackers. So you knew Marquand Manuel, and I, so, I spoke to him after the game, and, boy, he looked fatigued. He gave yeah. everything he had from a coaching staff standpoint to get them dialed in. So that meant that didn't start last night. That started all the way back on Monday when they began to put this plan together as to how am I going to use my personnel on the defensive side of the ball to create our best opportunity to win. You hear Coach Quinn talk about it all the time. I'm going to put guys in the best position they can to succeed. Well, that means maybe, and we talked about this when Deion Jones went down, There may be three players that have to play that position the Mm -hmm. way Deion Jones plays it. Mm -hmm. And we saw it come to life last night. All these different guys coming in, shuttling guys in and out. You're watching the sideline over there. The Giants come with this group. Here come these guys coming in. I got to keep my people fresh. I got it. And the part that's so hard about it is you've got to dial all 20 of those guys in. Right. You know, it's not like you could count, oh, I'm going to put my 11 or my 13 or 14 guys out there that I normally play with and that's it. Right. I've got to dial that many guys in. So the hours that were spent getting a plan together to allow these guys to succeed and then then coaching those guys up through the week and then getting them out there and then trusting them to do it. And then if there's somebody that's not getting it done, getting him out, which we saw last night as well. There was some guys that didn't, i got to get another guy in. I just thought it was, it's was it been a phenomenal job with all the injuries you're talking about, Matt, to be able to get those guys. And I know it hasn't been pretty. And the fans are going to say, wait a minute, you gave up 400 yards last night. You had two 100-yard receivers. Yes, but what counts is what's on the scoreboard. When they get to the scoring zone, do they get in? Do you find a way to get off the field on third down? You did all that last night. And Quinn has been talking about just give us some time. We got to kind of figure it out. We're going to get our head around the defense and we're going to start coming together. And I think you may have saw
0: some signs that last night. To stay on the defense, too. You know, Marquand, I was talking to him one morning, too. He, part of this, too, is getting to know your personnel. Bruce Carter, yeah, he was once a great player, um, but he, is, he contributed in a major way last night. And you're putting guys in different situations. They're learning on the job. They're, 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 their roles are expanding in some cases. That takes time. That takes reps, mm-hmm. and that takes the coaching staff kind of just kind of you know weighing. Hey, what gives us? Who gives us the best chance in these scenarios? And so I think they've done a good job with that with Carter. And yeah. You said all think the linebackers. About, and
1: you mentioned in the different guys. Think about the different variables that factor in. You get, you get 14 guys. Let's say your nickel, your extra pass rusher, and maybe a, a Demolish, nickel linebacker man. or something like yeah. that. And then that's about it. And so you have a pretty good idea. That's kind of you got that encapsulated where you have a pretty good idea how those 14 guys are going to play. Now listen, it's 20 guys on defense, so there's a lot of variables. Is this guy having an off night, can I find a different guy to play his position? So give this coaching staff a ton of credit dialing these people in.
0: Yeah, Grady Jarrett was back last night, and what a spark uh, he gave that defense. They had four first half sacks. He had two of them. Uh, a couple of them came on third downs, forced yeah. the Giants to punt. It was, I mean, you know. You talk about hey, they had some big numbers at the end. Well, two of those touchdowns were in the fourth quarter. I mean, they played. You know, it it was all the talk was Saquon Barkley. (coughs) Excuse me, and those receivers. You know, and they're good. They're a good group. Yeah. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Shepard, but uh, they got their numbers. But that's been the story with that team too all year. Just uh, you know, a lot of yards, but no wins. But uh, they really did a great job containing Barkley last night.
1: Yeah, I thought that the, the magic number for me looking at it was when you looked at Saquon Barkley coming in, he was averaging five point two yards of carry and he was averaging nine point three yards of reception. He had two hundred and thirty yards or two hundred and twenty yards against the Eagles that Thursday night. So they yeah. hadn't played since the Thursday night a week ago. That was their last game out, and Barkley went off against Eagles. Now they lost, yeah. but Barkley was incredible in the oh, game. Good. So I thought, okay, there's the kind of the straw that stirs the drink. How can you limit Saquon Barkley, or can you? Mm-hmm. And I thought that magic number for him was about 150 yards. You could keep him 150 yards or less combined, you're going to win the football game. They not only did that, they kept him less than 100 total, both receiving and running the ball. Yes, the receivers had some plays, but Barkley, again, was kind of that engine that makes them go and kind of makes him multidimensional. Really good job of hemming him in and taking him away. Grady, Jarrett coming back, Shelby coming back and mm-hmm. contributing to the run game, stopping the run game and forcing them to be kind of one-dimensional. Now, we need to play better, and I think you agree, we got to play better in the back end. Played a lot of man coverage last night. I thought from a defensive back standpoint, not Desmond Trufant or all Robert Alford's best games last night. Both those guys struggled some uh, for whatever reason. Give, the, give receivers credit like you talked about. They've, those guys will have to play better. But getting some of these people back make you look like, okay, all of a sudden, I think we could play a little bit better defense than we have played in the first five games.
0: They were solid in the red zone. They had a couple. They had a garbage touchdown at the end. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, yeah, I thought, by and large, stats aside, solid effort. Can get better. Um, they head into the bye week, um, a week closer to getting Dion Jones back, which is huge. But then they've got two tough back-to-back road games. Yeah. So that's, it's always tough to win twice on the road in the NFL. But um,
1: You wanted to talk, and, and it's something you've been singing since we started. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on the bandwagon with you, but yeah. tell me about Matt Ryan.
0: Well, you know, you guys said, and, and rightfully so, this has always been Matt Ryan's team. But my point, too, is Matt Ryan with those injuries and where they occurred on the defensive side of the ball, it was going to be so important that, they got his best, and he is playing, it's, you go back to 2016, his MVP uh, season, he has almost identical numbers. Uh, I, I just printed these out before I came up here. But in 2016, through seven games, he passed for 23, eight, 2348, 16 TDs, 4 INTs. Right now, through seven games, he has 2,335, 15 TDs, only 2 INTs. Wow. It's. I mean, he is. You know, we keep keep on saying upstairs. He is dealing right now. He is playing so well, and um, you know, he, I think the offense right now is what's kind of keeping that team that pulse alive right now. I thought you made a good
1: point last week in the fact that we talked a little bit about Matt Ryan, and I, I was talking about how I think he's an elite level player. Yep. And you mentioned, and it's a great point. We're not running the ball
0: at all. At all.
1: And he's, and he's that, putting, yeah. yeah, and he's putting those numbers up.
0: Yeah, in twenty sixteen they were running the daylights yeah. out of it with Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. Right now we've only had one running back surpass the one hundred yard mark against Carolina. Tevin had a nice thirty was it thirty yard touchdown run? Right. Uh last night. They're just not they need a few more of those. Um but they're just not sustained they're they're just not running the ball as well as they need to be right the now. The thing
1: that's interesting about it, Matt, though, you is know there's some issues up front. But. Well, yeah, and, and there's certainly, from a personnel standpoint, got to play better up front, and then we now you have potentially another injury up there. But yeah. the play action has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I think Matt was 14 of 15 or 15 of 16 last night on play action. Now, there's a lot that goes into that, but the – The play action, meaning run action, so you're trying to show, it's certainly the front seven, and if you could draw a safety in or two, that's great too. You're trying to show them run to make them commit to take away the run. And so now I pull it out, and now my guys, my my receivers, are working against potentially four defenders in the back end. So one, the O-line's doing a good job of showing run action. Ryan is as good a play action quarterback as there is in the league. There's nobody that does the play fakes, the body language. But think about Ryan now. Once he play fakes, I'm turning my back to the defense. I've got to whirl my head around. I had a pre-snap look. Okay, I think I know what they're going to do. But in drop back, when you drop the throw, your first two steps, you confirm what you saw play a pre-snap. You don't get that in play action. I'm turning my back. I'm going to play fake. And when I come back out, now I've got to confirm what I see.
0: They got him one time. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah, absolutely. He he didn't even see him on his blind side. Had a guy coming off the edge. Yeah. Yeah but uh, you don't want to see that too much. But uh, I, how many times was he sacked last night? Was it three times, four times?
1: Three times it seemed early, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's things started to solidify, bit. but we went to a little bit more max protect. You saw, it, and it's cool, that, you know, coaches adjust. Steve Sarkeesian came in and put the tight end in the backfield with the back, and they kind of chip protect on the outside to give Ryan an opportunity
0: to get it off. Just, just uh, because I want to gloat over Matt Ryan a little bit more, uh, through, the, <laughs> through 165 games, uh, in, in you know their first 165, Matt Ryan has played 165. He is number one in NFL history with 44,131. Drew Brees is number two. Wow! Through 165 games with Marino, Manning, and Philip Rivers. How Built about today. that? I hadn't heard that number. That's good. He's also the first quarterback in the Super Bowl her- era to pass uh, with 350 yards passing, zero ints in four straight games. So again, first in NFL history.
1: Yes. In a passing league now, with Breeze and all the stuff we care, it's all the
0: accolades. Four straight home games. Let me four, okay, four straight game. home games. Well, so that's yeah, still, you that's can still play with good. stats, but yeah. that's still pretty good. It's a good stat. Yes. I like that you to play with that one. Yeah, um, <laughs> and you talk about play action. That's the it, it was all off. He was thirteen and fourteen last night. Was well, it thirteen okay. fourteen? Uh, with one hundred and eighty nines off of play action last night. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good rating. Yeah, so he's playing well. The passing game is quite, the quick strike. We got to get the run game going, but the run game is if working enough for that play action to work.
1: It must be, uh, and yeah, we're going to sing Ryan's praises, and, and Matt and I are here talking about how a defense is kind of doesn't look pretty, but it's kind of evolving, and hopefully they're going to become better. But we do need to talk about a couple of blemishes, and one of them is Busco. the run game. Okay. and the inability to run the football. You're just not moving people off the ball. This was a giant team last night that was surrendering 121 yards a game on the ground. Right. They were getting pushed around in the ground game, and you didn't do anything to them. Now, I will say that the, the Giants committed some resources to the line of scrimmage. You saw Landon Collins' of safety up in the box a lot, three linebackers up tight, but we could not get any kind of push, And and... I'm not sure that's going to get better. You Especially
0: know? between the tackles. We're yeah. just not having any success there. And then when we stretch it out, we, the Falcons, stretch it out. Uh, I don't know how many runs they've had last night and in previous games, too, where they where Tevin just kind of stretches it, stretches it, stretches it and just can't turn it up and ends no, up and either that's, being a loss. Or Yeah,
1: that's those edge blockers to try to establish some kind of edge. If we're going to be a stretch run team, you've got to be able to get the edge set so you can get to the edge. And you saw it a number of times. I think Jake Matthews, a couple of times Ryan Schrader, maybe a couple of the tight ends, were pushed into the backfield. So now Tevin's got a belly, or Ito Smith's got a belly around that, which means he loses ground. And when you're losing ground, there's people pursuing, and you get negative run plays. And that's hard for Steve Sarkeesian to call plays, and you want to stay with the run game. You want to stay committed to I'm it. For
0: sure, because they pop that 30-yarder. Right, right? the next and thing so. you know,
1: yeah, it's bang, 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 and all of a sudden here comes one out. But. How long, and I thought that tremendous patience last night by Steve Garkisian to stay with the run game to finally get that one from Tevin. Yeah. If you go back and look at that, really good job. Ben Garland in the game. Ben Garland and Ryan Schrader come off on the right side along with Alex Mack. And a really good job of Ben Garland and Schrader coming off in, uh, together. And then Garland slips to the next level to get that next level defender blocked. Tevin saw it and cut right off of it. and there were a lot of people in the box on the play. Correct
0: me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Ortiz on that play, too? I'm not sure, but I think yeah, he, I was there, but he was in Yeah, I don't know I don't think it. he had a key block, though. Yeah. But I think he was. We well, used a lot of that
1: three-tight inset last night and tried to muscle him up. That's something you're going to have to be better at. We're just not not very good at that right now.
0: You are listening to Falcons Audible, presented by AT&T. I'm Matt Tobique. This is Dave Archer. Uh, it's a uh, victory, a rare victory Tuesday, because uh, we just don't do... Yeah. This, is our first, uh, this is our first Tuesday doing this podcast. Right. on Tuesday, so that's why it's rare. <laughs> and also, DJ Shock is not here, so it's even more rare.
1: Shock doesn't work on Tuesdays, Yeah,
0: uh, Is that it? He just takes Tuesdays off. I, I guess. I need that job.
1: Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Um,
0: if you want to call call in, uh, well, you know, I'm going to give you the call in, but we're not going to be doing this podcast next week because the Falcons are on a buy. Okay. So you want to shut it down for a so little Think buy of now. those questions. You it's got your fault. T- you got two weeks to think of some. Some questions for us, but remember we're gonna use your questions on Monday following Sunday. So don't keep that in mind when you're asking the question. But the number is 470-341. A lot of logistics
1: attached to that. I'm not sure I even followed that one myself. You know
0: what? If you got a question, just call in. It's 470-341-4177. 470-341-4177. 470 341 If nothing
1: else, just call in and heckle Sam. Sam, we appreciate yeah, this heckling. You don't even need to say anything about the game. Just say something about yeah, it. Yeah, if you
0: don't like our, our outfits, you don't like the set, you don't like what we're talking about, Sam Larson. And at the end of the show, I'm going to give you his personal email <laughs> and yeah. home phone. There you go. Um, so, Dave, the most important thing here is that they're three and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won back-to-back games. Um, you know, you can have that three-game skid in the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, or at the end of the season. They just so happen to have it at the beginning. Um, I'm, you know, this is a glass half-full kind of approach here, but they're getting some guys back. You know, they got Grady. You saw that back. Deion Jones is on the mend. He's supposed to be back potentially for Week Ten, the next home game against the Dallas Cowboys on the eighteenth. If they can go on the road and beat Washington and beat Cleveland. They get Dion back, that's going to be a shot in the arm for that defense, for this whole team, I think, just mm-hmm. mentally. Um, and not to mention what he brings to the table. He's probably the best player on that defense, um, or arguably one of the top two. Uh, what's the mindset right now? I mean, they want, obviously, you want to take advantage of this bye week, get healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the,
1: to me, the mindset here now is you just completely decompress, okay? Yeah. You really dug yourself whole at one and four, yeah. and you found a way to get a couple of wins. And, and they beat Tampa and they, and they beat the Giants. Okay. That's who was on your schedule. Did you beat, you didn't beat any, it, you know, when it, in the grand scheme of things, no great shakes. Now you have to win on Sundays or Mondays or whenever your games are, and you can only play who's on your schedule. So those are in the rear view window. You bank those wins. Now you go in at three and four. Now my job as a player is I've got to shut it down, decompress, now get myself ready for a really tough stretch. Six of the last nine are on the road. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to get myself ready for the Washington Redskins. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to flush my mind of these first seven games. Take the momentum you've gained. Get yourself healthy. Do the right things in the bye week. Don't do something stupid where you get fatigued, all that. And then get ready to come in when you come back to go to work on Monday. Now, they won't be gone the entire week. They'll still do some stuff. But... Uh, come back on Monday, ready to win that game in
0: Washington. You know, we we said we hate to say it, but you know when they when they were getting ready to play Tampa, we said this is a must-win game. And I said last week, this is still we're still in must-win territory until you get out of that hole, and you kind of you're kind of above and you have a little bit of a cushion, and the teams in your division maybe slip a little bit. You know, they're still in that must-win yeah. territory. I mean,
1: there is no cushion. There I is no we, cushion uh, right we, now. We played away the cushion early, and, and in, you know, everybody in your division won yesterday on Sunday too. And so. they were all close, but they yeah. won. Yeah.
0: Um, every one of those games was came down to the end. But you got to believe that if you take care of your business in the way this league, this, this league is crazy week in and week out, that you know what, something might happen. And you know, you never root for injuries ever, but. That's a part of the game, and you know, it's cyclical, and it happens to everybody, and you just never know what's going to happen with your division rivals, and so if they go out, take care of business, and take care of the, the Redskins, not an easy place to win. They've been playing tough this year, uh, especially at home. They had a big win against the Cowboys. Weird game. Stop and they're and in the correction. middle of
1: their division race as well. That's a really kind of screwy division. Yeah, the, the Eagles. So they feel struggled. like they're right in the mix, so it's a it's a... You know, if you ever can find a middle-of-the-season playoff-caliber game with tiebreaker things attached to it, Redskins-Falcons are certainly going to be that case. The
0: NFC is, outside of the the Rams, is wide open. And, yeah. You know, the, it, New Orleans is playing well. But, I mean, it is wide open. When you look at the records of all the division teams, there's like one – everybody is separated by one or two wins. And, you know, it's just – it's wide open. they got to get healthy. You know, uh, I, you know, people got on me a little bit in the mailbag for saying, hey, don't look too far down the road, but you have to. You, it's, it's okay to look at the schedule to see how it sets up. So these next three games, on paper, are very winnable. They took care – we said five. They've taken care of the Bucks and the Giants, mm-hmm. and now they have the Redskins. I keep thinking about how if they take care of those, these next three games, they have an opportunity to go into – New Orleans on Thanksgiving Day with a six and four record, three and one in the the division. I believe five and two in the conference. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: You know me. I'm I'm on the next game. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I can't think past the next game. But think about that. No, I mean there's no question that you have a chance. You have a chance to to play yourself back into the scenario. And we know that. We know they have the ability to play their way back into it. One guy I want to mention, uh, Matt, and we we'd be remiss if we didn't mention is Giorgio Telvacchio.
0: Oh yeah, we gotta and, talk about Giorgio for and, sure. And yes.
1: Giorgio uh Incredible he's such such a good guy and and think about the first of all, let's look at the foresight of Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. To bring Telvecchio in the last week of the preseason, okay, you sit down Bosher and you sit down Bryant and you have the two kickers in, I can't remember the kid, who was the kid kicking that was backing up Bosher or I mean backing up uh, um, Bryant. He slides the punter, and the kid from Georgia, yeah. and then you, get right. te- you bring Telvecchio in and he kicks in the preseason, the final preseason game. You establish a trust or at least a relationship with the team, coach to player in Telvecchio and Quinn, they tell him, say, "Listen, if something happens, kicker-wise, you're our guy. Should you not have another job?" And Telvecchio's been at home working on it. There's only 32 of these jobs in the league. There's not, you know, so there's a lot of good kickers that are out there walking around because there's only 32 jobs in the NFL. Yeah. So you bring Telvecchio back, and as humble as the kid is, I mean, I had a chance to talk to him after the game, and he wanted to talk about, you know, Josh Harris, and he would talk about all the work that that the Bosher did to switch from the right side to the left side, and it is different. I held for a left-footed kicker in Mick Luckhurst here. It is different after holding for a right-footed kicker in college. So, right. But he gr- he was grinding all week long to get ready for that opportunity. And then Telvecchio to come in, two 50-plus yard field 15 goals. 15 and
0: 56. Yeah,
1: and, and, and then for Quinn, I talked to Dan during the week. I said, Dan, you've got a great trust in Matt Bryant. Where do you where are you? Are you gonna be willing to run this kid out there to kick a, a 55 yard field goal or fifty-seven like you did with Brian a week before against the Bucks? He goes, I don't know, man. I'm gonna to have to kind of work on my relationship. We kinda of look at see what he does in practice. Well he had a you know, obviously had a decent week of practice. And then as he watched him in pregame, and I talked to Dan postgame, in watching Telvecchio in pregame, he said you could tell his stroke was really smooth. He was the moment wasn't too big for him on a Monday night. Think about that now. This guy was at home, yeah. you know, maybe mowing his lawn or something. Who knows what he was doing? Obviously kicking on the side, some high school someplace. And now he's kicking on Monday night. Yeah. And not only that, he's got to kick a 56-yarder to potentially win the game for you. Shows you some, some ice water in the veins for Giorgio Telvecchio. Big, big shout-out to Giorgio and... And his ability to come in and be a teammate and, and and make the kick like he did. And if he didn't make that
0: kick at the end, the, it sets the Giants up in excellent field position yeah. in a close game still at that point. Um, yeah, tremendous, uh, you know, performance by him. Fun uh, story.
1: It's a cool it's, story, I think.
0: Yeah. Because uh, when Matt Bryant was out, there was a lot of fans. Or, you know, oh yeah, oh no, I was money. Matt Bryant.
1: <laughs> I, I was taking deep breaths. So yeah, so, Georgia did a nice was job. money. Yeah, last
0: night.
1: I think George uh, West said last night. Uh, Who's my broadcast partner on 92.9? game, the flagship for the Falcons. Who? Uh, West Durham. Oh yeah, we yeah. heard of West. He said,
0: uh, Telvecchio perfecto." I think he said last night. So it was pretty good. I've got to give him credit. We need to talk, too, about Brandon Fusco uh, yeah. and the implications of that. We don't know the severity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're calling it an ankle, right? Uh, yeah, it looked yeah, like an ankle. Yeah, it, it, but uh, starting right guard.
1: This is the injury portion of the show, which if you follow this podcast, he is very good at this portion of the show, so this will be good. I got some interesting terms. <laughs> but uh, It didn't come off, though. It so didn't come did, off. Yeah, yeah. So did to, to our knowledge,
0: off. it didn't. Gosh, that's... That would have been horrific if mm-hmm. the ankle came off. Let's not even think about not that. Not to make not, not right. to make light of the right. injury, uh, but uh, potentially, you know, a significant blow if he's out for an extended time. Uh, Kickers if there, if walking bi- around the street. Week, there aren't guards
1: walking around the street out not, there, Matt. You yeah, know,
0: not not uh, yeah, tough. Not like Brandon Fusco. So, what do you think? What I mean.
1: Well, it's going to be Thomas Dimitrov, uh, this is where, you know, you, when you start thinking about Thomas and in the, in the personnel staff, I mean, we don't, when you look at our personnel we have on this team, yeah. we really, Gono is on this, on this roster and so is Sombrello. Both those guys are tackles.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, could you potentially train Gono to step inside to play guard? The kids never played. Uh, so now you've got to begin to think, okay, i got to look at other teams' practice rosters. And how that works is you can go sign a guy off of somebody else's practice roster that you have on your board. And Thomas has got a list of guys that he would go after should something happen like this. And so you look at that. Now what a team can do is obviously you go sign a guy off their roster. Now that team that you're signing that guy off of, they have the ability, okay, we don't want to lose that guy. So we're going to sign him to our regular roster. Well, the only way they can do that is they'd have to cut somebody off their 53. Right. So more often than not, if you go find a guy in somebody's 53 or on their practice roster, you're going to be able to get him. But he's on the practice roster for a reason. For a reason. He's not on the 53. Right. So it, there's not guys walking around that are 6'5", 300 pounds that are just walking the street, you know, that can play in the national football. Like, this is going to be a real task to go try to find a guy providing – you know, this is all hedging our bet here. Hopefully Brandon with his two weeks can, yeah. c- can come back. But if he can't, I thought Ben Garland came in and did a decent job. I, th- I think he did too. We should say that. Yeah. I mean, Garland and he had the key in. block. I thought his key block was yeah. part of that what, what Tevin cut off of the score.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's unfortunate, but it seems like it's been a weekly occurrence, Good Lord. you know. Uh, but thank goodness the bye week is here. Um, you know, we talked about the buy, coming out of the buy. Mm-hmm. Um, big picture. Where are you
1: going for the buy? Are you going to do anything with the buy?
0: You, know, you mentioned mowing lawns. I'm going to mow my you going to mow your lawn? I'm to, I, Wednesday, I think, is the last shot to, to mow your lawn. So is the list your wife I is I think Thursday. Apart? Thursday it's going to get cold.
1: Okay. Oh, cold. You can't mow your lawn when it's cold? Well, you want to do it before it gets cold. I got you. You don't want to hurt the, hurt the grass? Yeah, you don't want to hurt the grass. Agronomist, Matt Tabeek. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so, who knew you you got a, bro, you're a multi-talented dude man. Well,
0: what are you going to do? You're going you're calling a game, aren't I you? I got
1: to do yeah, the, the, the week. I got no bye week. I got a college game. I'm be I'll be in, I'll be in uh, Virginia for North Carolina Virginia. Uh, some would call that a bye week, but I uh, know I'm going to go Virginia playing extremely well. North Carolina not North Carolina. Now Virginia, not for Virginia now. UVA playing very well. Bryce Perkins playing well at quarterback. North Carolina has struggled. Larry Fedora's team struggled, but I'll be doing that game. I will not be coming many, out here to Flowery Branch as much, obviously. How many
0: Falcons speak. fans are you thinking we have in Carolina that we just lost?
1: Oh, no, I didn't think we'd lose any. In fact, they probably are saying, that's right, man. We need to change some stuff at North Carolina. <laughs> so maybe well, – I like Larry Fedora. I, I think he, he's, he's battling. They've had some injuries up there as well. So that's where I'm at.
0: Well, I love the passing game. I love that the, the running game is, 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 is effective enough, but it needs to get better. I love that Grady Jarrett came back and gave him a spark. I love the idea that Dion Jones is is coming back soon. He loves her. He I got is. a lot of love for this team right now. Okay, but it, but it means nothing if they don't go out and beat Washington. Right. Um, still must win. Still, uh,
1: I still think, yeah, you got to go take care of your business. I don't love. There's a lot of stuff I don't love about yeah. what's going on. I think we're. I think we're doing a poor job of running the ball. We got to be better at that. We got to get better. But I, I, I think that there's certainly something enough. being facilitated off of play action. We've got to continue to grow defensively. Um, you're talking about guys coming back. These guys got to continue to come together. They need to take this tape. Mark Manuel Manuel's going to show them this tape and say, this is what we can be at moments defensively. Because you had, uh, what you had, a shutout uh, for a couple of quarters, or at least a quarter in the game, you found a way to limit them in the first half. Got to bottle that and make that a 60-minute game. They were defensively. good
0: on third down. They were decent in the mm-hmm. red zone.
1: So there's some um, positives. There the were question.
0: some positives. There's the back end, sure, but uh, you know I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up real quick. The trade deadline's October 30th. I had uh, several questions in the mailbag this morning. Hey, you know the Cowboys traded for a receiver yesterday. Mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson, Carl Joseph are some names reportedly out there that are being shopped. I don't think the Falcons make a move. I mean, because there are so many guys that they want to resign that are up for contracts. They don't want to overreact, you know, to the injuries or mortgage because there's always a corresponding move or a salary cap hit with any kind of move like that. I just don't see it happening. Um what are your thoughts on it? i just
1: yeah you normally don't get a lot in the nfl trade deadline it's not like major league baseball you know if we could get a good left-handed middle reliever i would go there i would try to get that that no i'm just kidding but i don't think that there's you don't see a lot of that and i think there's too much to give up i know it's wholesale changes for the raiders right now seems like there's mailing carl joseph's one of those guys that's now on the block for them former number one safety out of west virginia west virginia and so uh, it sounds like, you know, I don't know what John Gruden's doing. I guess he's trying to trade everybody that the previous administration had something to do with. But uh, so he's yeah. got three number ones now. Saying, yeah, three and uh, they, the asking price for some of these guys is going to be too high. I think Thomas Dimitrov is way too smart to, to leverage his future for a one player because I don't think you're one player away defensively. No. So yeah. I think you try to manage these guys like Marquand Manuel did last night, 20 different players playing defensively, get Dion back. That'll help facilitate some of that, but uh, you play it out and you ride a hot quarterback, get that run game going and you have a chance to make some noise.
0: I totally agree. So I think there's a lot of room for improvement like you, uh, you know, with the run game in the back end of the, side of the defense, they're going to get healthy. but. Uh, there's a lot to, to, to work on, but every team's got something to work on. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot to like where this team has is, is gone the last two games. Everything's in front of them. Their playoff hopes are alive. That's all you can ask for. Um, and, you know, they still control their own destiny. So that's, that's a positive, and that's a good way to go into the bye week. What do you think? You need to get the hell out of here and go mow your lawn. i got to mow my lawn. Okay. Um, and, Falcons fans, <laughs> thanks for listening. This has been Falcons Audible Podcast presented by AT&T. Matt Tabik, Dave Archer, peace out.